1: All right, so it's been about a year since uh, Captain Dennis got his Mooney 201 uh, updated with a brand new engine. Well, a refurbed engine. He overhauled engine, I should say.
2: Right? Yep. Overhaul is the technical term that was used, but it, for all intents and purposes, it might may as well be brand new. I mean, there wasn't a lot spared from the original engine, uh, right. other than maybe the outside of the case and the crankshaft.
1: Yeah. Pretty and- much
2: everything else is brand new.
1: Pinnacle uh, Aircraft, or what is it? Pinnacle what? What is it? Pinnacle Aircraft Engines. Yeah, Aircraft. They redid his engine or overhauled his engine about a year ago, and we covered the whole process on Just Plane Radio, and uh, obviously, it's been a year. And it's been time for an overhaul, so you pulled them in again, uh, again to do the overhaul for you, or the no, annual, no, no, no. or it's what?
2: Not, it, it wasn't time for an overhaul; it's an annual. Oh, um, annual, right? That's what remember I mean. the first flight was actually Halloween last year. That was the first flight of the new engine after the airplane. You know, we had to install it and then get the airplane back into annual and all that right. extra work.
1: Very scary.
2: So, but but a a manageable risk let's just say i i was probably more comfortable in the airplane at that point since i had put my hand on pretty much every nut bolt and fastener and knew the lineage so right uh i didn't have a lot of fears but it was definitely there was some unknowns Mm because this was a you know not a proven engine yet but yeah
1: but it all worked out well and you you put how many hours on it in the past year you figured dennis over 150 hours that's pretty good I would say, for a general aviator. Wouldn't you agree? I don't know what the average the numbers, is.
2: But. Well, I think the numbers that they throw around a lot is that the typical owner-pilot, about 50 hours a year, maybe.
1: Yeah. So, but you're not typical. You're uh, I'm you're above little, average. You're a little
2: odd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's also I do have someone else in the family that flies it too, so you know, right. there's there's two of us that are flying, it. so that should add up to at least a hundred hours, right? Right.
1: Well, one hundred and fifty is pretty uh, pretty respectable, I would say, and, and that's yeah. good. That's better to run it more often than not enough throughout the year. So you know, you're doing the uh, you're doing the annual, or it's already completed, right? Yes. And, and that Sign was it. and the annual is done by Pinnacle as well.
2: No, Pinnacle didn't have anything to do with uh, with the annual this year. That's my uh, my local mechanic. Okay. Um, he came out. And what people forget is when you bring an airplane in for an annual, it's an inspection. It's not a repair. Yeah. So you when you pay for an annual, you're paying for that mechanic to go through and look over all of the systems of the airplane, following the manufacturer's checklist, and identify any areas that may need additional work. But you're, the, the inspection is literally just that, an inspection.
1: Okay. And
2: for the first time in my ownership experience, I came through an inspection without a list of squawks to fix. Hmm.
1: How so, about that? That's a good
2: sign. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, but the comments that came back from my mechanic was, this airplane is very well maintained. You do a terrific job of staying on top of everything that when it comes time for the annual we're not having to go and fix all sorts of things that have been put off or I'll get to later. Right. Uh, And he really appreciated working with an owner that's that concerned about, you know, maintaining their airplane. So makes it really easy for him, makes it easy for me because now I know what to expect when it comes time for that. No gotchas. Oh, you know, you have a hundred things that all need to be fixed and, you know, hand me your wallet. I'll give it back when I'm done.
1: Right. Well, what did the, uh, I mean, what does it usually take? Uh, to do an annual I thought it usually takes a few few days to process one of these things, but this just happened in a morning didn't it for you? Well,
2: it took the better part of a day, Okay. Um, you know, but there's, you know, like I said, there's a checklist of things to do and some of the things I had already accomplished before he got here like the routine oil change we had just done that, you know, like 20 hours ago. So I saved the oil filter element and stuff for him to inspect. Mm-hmm. Um, he double-checked that I safety-wired everything correctly like I do on every other oil change. So we took care of some of the routine things were already done ahead of time. Right. So the big thing was for him to come in and look through the flight controls, make sure that everything's smooth, not binding, uh, not corrosion, anything like that. Open up the panels, check underneath, make sure everything's in good shape, you know, button it all back up lubricate as needed, uh, where needed, according to Mooney's checklist, et cetera. So it shouldn't take that long to go through it. What gets people is when they have all this deferred maintenance that also needs to get done. So now you're packing wheel bearings and putting new tires on and putting in new brakes, maybe having to fix and adjust a bunch of things or stuff like that that you just didn't bother to take care of during the last year because, oh, I'll just have my mechanic do it during annual. Got it. That's so it's not you. the
1: same type of thing where you take it into a local auto service uh, place for your car and they try to upsell you. Yeah, hey, you probably need to get a brake job. This is all stuff by the book by, from Mooney that at this particular uh, point in time or, you know, length of the engine or history of the engine that, that this has to be done. And there's no if, if, ands, or buts about it, I guess, right? To pass the yeah. annual.
2: Well, and and all that they're doing is looking to make sure that everything is in an airworthy condition. So he's coming in and inspecting it. Um, If there are things that deficiency that we find during this inspection, then that's additional work to go and correct and fix those issues. Right. And because I'm staying on top of all of that stuff ahead of time, we didn't have any surprises come annual this year. So I really appreciated that.
1: Did you you get a grade? Do they grade you like, hey, you have an A uh well they should give, I'm you a grade.
2: give myself an a minus but you know it might why be why the people. minus why what do you mean well there, there's always something that i probably missed and maybe need to get you know we might have to go put a new bushing in the the nose wheel at some point here so you know it wasn't a hundred percent on getting all of the stuff ahead of time
1: yeah okay so these were things like a you know this looks okay but it's uh probably about time to think about uh replacing this type of stuff that was exactly I gotcha. And that's
2: what's nice to have that extra, you know, that pair of eyes. And, and plus, I don't jack the airplane up uh, on and, you know, cycle the landing gear. That's something you need to do with your mechanic. And so when you had it up in the air, there was a chance to check for any play in the, the nose wheel steering and things like that stuff that, you know, that's the only reason you would do that is once a year during your annual. Right.
1: So where where did you have to take it? Did he come to you, or you went to them? Yep, I took it right to the garage. <laughs> really? So he just yep. flew into your air park and uh, did the annual that day. Yeah,
2: uh, we that? have a uh, you know a bunch of neighbors here. have got all the required equipment, so I was able to source a set of jacks again from one neighbor and an engine hoist from somebody else to lift the front of the plane. And uh, you know, he came in. We got our tools and proceeded the- to go to work.
1: Okay, and and uh, he was recommended by some fellow aviation enthusiast there in the air park or how'd you find this yeah
2: this is the second year that i've used this guy and he came recommended by one of my neighbors Uh, he used to do the maintenance on his uh, viking so Mm -hmm. you know he was familiar with certified airplanes and you know i really trust this guy and i've had i've worked with him now for two years um you know last year was the first time with the annual and then throughout this year and and now this year okay and I like that we have that, you know, I now have a rapport built up with a mechanic. He right. understands my airplane, how I want to maintain it, what I'm doing, what I'm capable, what I'm not capable of doing. And we we really have come to a good understanding.
1: Is that uh, something you want to share or you want to keep this uh, uh, mechanic close to the vest? Because <laughs> you
2: don't want to I overload him. To keep his, I don't, <laughs> as much as I would love to share with everybody that this is a great guy and he is. I also want to make sure that he's available when right. I need him and right now his time is really tight because he doesn't just do maintenance work he also flies uh learjets so uh-huh. he's splitting his time between flying and fixing and
1: So to find know. a good annual mechanic uh, you ask around get references that's the best way to uh find one if if you're having trouble locating one that you think you can trust It's like anything like that, I guess, right?
2: And it is really developing a relationship with them because the first time they're going to come out, they don't know what they're walking into. And he's told me that, you know, he's gone out to some airplanes that people have asked if he'd come out and do their annual And he walked up to the plane, took one look at it and said, hell no.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but not in your case. Yeah, you're so deferred. Your engine was overhauled by Pinnacle Aircraft uh, engines. Uh, As a matter of fact, I think we need to call them up and congratulate them on a great job, it sounds like. So maybe we'll do that next right here on Just Plane Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted
0: exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
1: Who dares approach the great and powerful Roz? Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Silence! The great and powerful Roz knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201? Silence! The magnificent Roz has every intention of granting your request. Great! But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus vision jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing i think i'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty oh, okay you got me uh, just a man behind the curtain with an aircraft spruce catalog pretty cool though huh
0: you don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane you need aircraft spruce and specialty supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years aircraft spruce and specialty call 877-4-SPRUCE 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraft that's aircraft spruce.com Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. All of a sudden, here comes my pilot, and oh God, these guys are that cool, you just want to slug them. It's just not fair. They got the good hair, the good chin, they got that eyebrow that's always cocked. (laughs) Nobody ever asks a pilot, what do you do for a living? Because they're like, what the hell do you think I do? Look at my eyebrow. (laughs) And he is so cool. He goes, Bill, relax. Relax. I've been flying for 20 years and I've only had to eject three times. Everything went great. <laughs> you
3: bragging about that?
0: He goes, I'm just kidding. I've never had to eject. Oh, <laughs> lucky me, I got the funny pilot. <laughs>
1: This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We are also joined by Captain Tom. Uh, jumped on board to help us out here today. We'll catch up with him in just a bit. But before we do, I think we got to send out some props, pun intended, to uh, Pinnacle Aircraft Engines. J.D. is with us right now because uh, Dennis just had his annual done on his Mooney 201 and passed with flying colors. J.D., you should take all the credit, don't you think?
3: Well, me and the crew here at Pinnacle, it definitely uh, isn't a one-man team.
1: Okay. Well, see, spoken like a true, you know, uh, leader. You know, you don't want to take all the credit. But, if you see, that's why he's better than me, because I would have taken all the credit, J.D. But uh, I hear what you're saying. and uh, But is that typical when uh, people use your services to overhaul their engines at the first annual, go, you know, passes like that? Or, or what do you think? What would you get? What, what percentage would you put it at? You think?
3: I hope that all of them go that way. I don't seem to get any phone calls um, saying they've had any issues or find anything. So. Right. None and I'm sure you good. would if
1: you if they did. Uh, is my guess. Oh, yeah. When it goes smooth, you don't hear anything usually. So this is probably huh. a rare occurrence uh, to get some props in this regard. Is that uh, is that a fair assumption? What do you think?
3: Yeah. Absolutely, It was uh, a a great phone call to have. It's always good to have the customers reach back out and just kind of give us an update of, you know, how well everything's going. Um, you know, but I know that most of the time it doesn't happen that way. Just no news is good news.
1: Right. Yeah. You usually get the calls only when there's a problem. So you, he was he <laughs> one of the first people that you called, Dennis, after your uh, annual and said, hey, JD, uh, hats off, man. You You made my life so much easier this year. What do you think?
2: That is exactly what it did. Uh, yeah. I, I literally called him as soon as the mechanic left and just to give him the update and say, hey, I uh, just want you to know the mechanic's been out here, you know, once during the year to do uh, an AD inspection on the fuel line. So he'd seen the engine, he was pretty impressed how clean it was looking still, uh, you know, after a hundred hours. But now to have it fully uncowled and be able to get a good look at the entire installation, He's like, there is no oil leaks. There's no drips. Everything is just in pristine condition. And all the numbers checked out, the fuel or the oil samples uh, that we got back from the lab, uh, the only thing we saw was a slightly elevated uh, iron count compared to what we had on the old engine. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, everything was perfectly within spec. What does
1: that mean? Iron out? What what do you mean? Iron what?
2: Count? so it would when you're checking the oil, they actually take a sample of it and, and look for trace metals, iron, chromium, okay. lead, things like that, and right. they can establish a pattern. And so if you see all of a sudden your engine starts to have a high level of maybe chromium, perhaps uh, you've got uh, something on the crankshaft is wearing and, and some of that chrome plating is coming up into the oil. So you can use that as a way to protect maintenance issues. So, J.D. and I were discussing this on the phone call. It's like, you know, I'm betting that the reason the iron was high is we're probably still breaking in some of the components. There's still metal, you know, rings are breaking into the uh, walls of the cylinders, things like that. Right. Uh, that, that may be causing a little bit of elevated iron, but it was definitely nothing of concern. And it was such a low level, I, I wouldn't even worry about
1: it. Well, there you go. And, J.D., I got to uh, wonder. So, w- when you guys have an engine that you overhaul like Dennis's, um you know if the owner doesn't maintain it throughout the year can it go down the tubes really quick like 12 months later and have a a major problem on the uh on the annual or is that a rare uh, occurrence in that sense what do you think it can
3: happen um corrosion's the number one killer for these engines uh so if it doesn't fly much uh you're definitely you know on the route of having an issue okay. um,
1: use it or lose you know, it kind of thing more hours the better
3: yep absolutely um you know that's one of the things i i tell everybody you got to fly the mm-hmm. things not meant to be the hanger um the engines are you know most of the in, insides are steel components they rust they get corroded um and that causes issues
1: right yeah, and especially, I would imagine, in the first year on a break-in of a new o- overly-hauled uh, engine?
3: Yeah, um, everything's starting to really settle in. All the metals are breaking into each other. And, um, you know, for kind of lack of layman terms, we basically the parts are kind of lapping together. Um, the cam and followers are, are starting to match each other, the way they operate. The piston rings are starting to really settle in and wear to the bore, so they work perfectly and match perfectly. Um, So it's kind of a waiting game of everything, finding their happy place and and working together.
1: Got it. J.D. is our guest from Pinnacle Aircraft Engines. He overhauled Dennis's Mooney 201 a year ago and just passed his annual uh, with flying colors. And uh, I I know he's happy about that. Both of them are happy about that. And I would imagine that uh, when it comes to an annual mechanic or someone that Dennis found to do this type of work, you guys have a lot of uh, crossover with this type of work that you do and, may, you know, like an annual mechanic.
3: Yeah, the, the mechanics in the field, you know, we don't know them all personally. Of course, there's tons of them. Right. Um, times they have questions uh, that they may need and they'll contact us. Uh, but a lot of times it's, it's mechanics we're not, used to dealing with on a you know a day-to-day basis um so they're kind of new to the engine and understanding what we did as a overhaul facility uh checking our records to make sure we've done everything properly um ad service boltons and stuff like that And that's why we try to give a a very detailed list with the engines when they leave of all the service bolt compliance all the ad compliance right so that way they, it makes their job easier.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, well you're working from the same manuals from uh, Mooney and Dennis's case, right? So right. you guys probably even know it better than a lot of these annual mechanics uh, do, but they got to follow the same rules and regs and that kind of thing. And uh and yeah, that's kind of nice, I think. It works uh, uh to your favor there, uh, doesn't it Dennis?
2: It sure does. I mean, one of the things that I got when the engine came back was a, you know, that detailed engine log that JD was just describing. And it does literally list every single component, all of the serial numbers of all of the parts inside the engine. So, if something were to ever come up with, like the AD, an AD was released for some component inside the engine, we could actually go and look at the records and, and verify whether or not that affects my engine or not, just because of the detailed records that were provided. And if uh, J.D. complied with some service bulletins or things in advance, well, if we have it documented that it was already complied with, we wouldn't have to maybe tear the engine down at some point to do something that was already done. That, to me, is very valuable.
1: Hey, Mr. Annual Mechanic Guy, been there, already did that, thanks to Pinnacle Aircraft Engines. The website for Pinnacle, J.D. is what?
3: www.pab.airroad.com. A P R
1: O. Do what Dennis did, and you'll be uh, a happy camper a year later after your overhaul. All
3: right, we got more coming up.
0: Just plain radio—the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation
1: lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive.
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Flying
4: away, is that a bad thing? Only if you're a human being.
1: This is Just Plane Radio, Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and Captain Tom, too. He has a new RV-9, right I got, got it. it right I got it right. Last week, I kept calling it an RV8. I finally uh, got him upgraded one level to an RV9. He is uh, living large, buying new accessories and things to make his flying even more enjoyable. And uh, I don't know. We got a little tech news that uh, aviation enthusiasts may uh, find valuable. That actually, I even use. Uh, there's there's a big story about Apple's AirTags that we need to address. Is that right, Dennis?
2: That's right. There was uh, quite a bit of controversy here a few weeks ago because um actually was Lufthansa? telling their- How do you say yeah.
1: that again? What's the proper no, uh, way? You, you
2: say it better. I, I like it your way. Well,
1: uh, yeah, come, Tom, how do you say uh, Lufthansa? Yeah.
5: Lufthansa.
1: That's what I said, I thought. Lufthansa.
5: Yeah, I don't Lufthansa know. There's, Lufthansa. They're, they're, got a, hair.
1: There's something weird about that. Uh, the name of that airline drives me crazy. So I just read and go, Lufthansa. <laughs> I know it's a it's a problem. It amuses a personal yourself. problem. Yes. Yeah. So a- anyway, they uh, have uh, they tried to outlaw air tags, Apple air tags. Well,
2: yeah, they were trying to to say that you're not allowed to have them because there are some uh, rules about having uh, lithium batteries in your luggage and things like that. Oh come on, that, you know, right? Yeah. But the size of the battery is so small that it does not pose a risk. And the FAA actually has come out and. Further clarify their position on those batteries and the amount of lithium that's contained in an, in an AirPod or an AirTag is uh, uh, well below the threshold. And so it's not an issue. So rest assured, you can put your AirTag on your luggage and track where the airline lost it going yeah.
1: forward. Did, did you uh, actually buy that press release when it came out? I, I think they were just trying to cover their arses, as they say in that part of the world. <laughs> You know I, I mean? think
2: it's in their best interest to, you know, try to deny the customer's ability to track their own bags so they have plausible deniability as yeah. to what happened. But
1: I've been using saw- uh AirTags for the last uh 6 months now and and I do find it quite comforting to know where my bags are when I'm traveling. You know, uh you know and and some of the airlines will track it for you too, but I I'm thinking yeah, they they're not big fans. Of you Trust having,
2: but verify, right? Yeah,
1: right. But they're not big fans of you tracking your own bags like that because they know if they lose it, you might still be able to find out where the heck it is. And, and then they can't lie to you when they say, oh, yeah, your bag's in route. No, it's not. It's somewhere in Cincinnati, according to my iPhone. You rap bastard You're lying to me. So I don't know. I, I kind of wonder if it was more they tried to sneak one past us, uh, but they got called out by the FAA and said, nope, nope, don't use the old battery excuse. Let the people track their bags. I I think this is, uh, you know, this is the future. We're going to see even more of this. Don't you agree, Dennis?
2: I agree. And and if you remember a few months ago, we talked about a story uh, that was fairly close to home here up in Destin, Florida, where they were having a rash of uh, missing luggage and somebody put an air tag in theirs. And it turned out uh, that it got one ping near some address. And the police went and pulled the records of all the airport workers that lived in that Particular city, and they found one person. that went over there, and there was all the luggage that was missing. Exactly. So, exactly, you know, cover it. It could help you recover your missing uh, bag.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure the airlines don't want to deal with that uh, potential no. uh, backlog of of actually trying to find a real bag that they've written off as like, well, we'll never get it. And then they find out that the passenger actually has better information on where it might be than they do. That doesn't make them look uh, very good. For sure. But I think we're going to see more and more of this for sure. The the only thing that I will say about the air tags that I haven't quite figured out is, you know, I have them in my bag so I can track my bags. But when I pack, you know, if you pack your bag a little too tight, it'll set off the alarm on those things. Have you had that happen where the little ding, 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 like if they get, uh, you know, touch sensitive, they'll, they'll ping for a few seconds. And so if you're, you're, you're packing your bag and you put one in the bag, and then, you know, you give it to TSA or whatever, or the, the airline carriers, and they juggle it around. It might set off the ping, and that might set, them, uh, set off some alarms with the baggage handlers. like, hey, what the hell's going on over there?
2: And, no, uh, I haven't, haven't run into that problem yet, but then I don't try to stuff my bags uh, too much. The only time I've heard the alarms go off is when we're trying to track cats in the house and figure out where they went hiding.
1: Yes. Well, there's something, it could be a setting I have on mine, but even in like my backpack, you know, that I'll uh, use as a carry on, I won't have it filled up. But if it gets moved around, like you're, you're moving around and it, something bumps up against the air tag, it sets off a little alarm for a second or two. And starts beeping, and you're like, gosh, shut the hell up. <laughs> you know, It's like, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know no, what the deal is with that. But
2: Maybe the solution to that will be fixed by you know, my go flight. They'll have a dedicated AirPod compartment that will protect the air the uh, tag. You know,
1: from accidentally being it. set off from vibration yep. or, or being pressed on or something. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. You know, Captain Tom uh, worked for United as a captain for years. Uh, the baggage thing always a sore subject with the airlines, correct, Tom? Are you oh, with me on absolutely
5: that? so. But I mean, it, you know, you got to defend the airlines. I mean, you're millions of bags every day, every hour, going to every destination around the world, right? Yeah, it's you know, one little computer glitch anywhere, or one, you know, one person that's uh, you know, mislabels the bag properly, and the bag ends up in, you know, in. in albuquerque exactly (laughs) albuquerque instead of boston yeah or austin to boston or dallas to dallas or something like that right and it happens all the time but everybody rags on the airlines but they if you think of it they do a fantastic job uh and originally we're getting back to lutonza they talked about the lithium because originally the lithium batteries they had the thermal runaways but again like dennis brought up the the battery is so small even if you had a thermal runaway it would probably just get, you probably wouldn't even notice it was in the palm of your hand. It's not warm enough to create a fire.
1: Well, yeah. What do the, you mean I, thermal I, runaway? What is that? Even, I don't even know. Well, what that, way
5: back when, uh, when like, when well, I say United, we first got the 787, the lithium battery, uh, it's a thermal runaway. It starts... Uh, kind of like eating itself and generates heat. Right. Catches it fire. Hotter and hotter. Yeah. It'll actually catch fire. It, right. And you, can't, you can not barely put the fire out. It is a it is a thermal runaway. Okay. And that's a technical part 787, term. the fleet, uh, ANA, who would have had the first 787s, they grounded the entire fleet. We ended up grounding our fleet for almost 15 months uh, because of the thermal runaway. And it turns out it was a defective battery in itself, and it was uh, the batteries were manufactured in Japan. Hmm. Uh, they, they've they fixed it since then. They have a, uh, a thermal uh, switch in there now. It's because uh, you know the lithium battery has gained such popularity now, and we have RV, we have uh, lithium batteries in our general aviation airplanes. We right. have them in our RVs and recreational vehicle home. We mm-hmm. have lithium batteries everywhere now. So they eliminated that problem. But the original premise was the thermal runaway, and that's. Yeah, you know, that's a thing in the past now, but that's what Lutanza was based upon. And, uh,
1: right. It, it really was old another. news. Yeah, like you the know, old Galaxy is, Note that got yeah, recalled, got that old Note thing. tab that, yeah, yeah. It would
2: start on fire in people's pockets and mm-hmm. they were banned from the cabin. Right. It is still technically a possibility. You could have uh, the batteries in an iPod or an iPad or something go, run away. And, you know, in, our, in the planes that we fly, we could always throw the device out a window or open the door. Right. Not so much an option in the airliners. and. Well, that was one of the products I saw at NBAA that kind of caught my eye. They have these uh, thermal vaults that you could take somebody's, you know, battery bank or cell phone or something like that. That or was a laptop or heat or yep. a laptop. Oh, you really? Could just okay. throw it in this and it would protect it. it if it got too hot, it's actually got uh, little, little gel blisters in there that would release a fluid. To help extinguish the fire, um, uh, because you can't exactly open the door at 35,000 feet and throw an iPad out over the Atlantic.
1: Well, hopefully that uh, technology will keep advancing and they'll figure out more ways to keep them cool and keep them from running away thermally.
5: I know at United, like on our troublesome, we have six of those thermal runaway bags. We have, you know, four in a cockpit. We have one mid-galley and we had one in the back of the airplane we actually had a laptop uh, a couple years ago doing thermal runaway
1: yeah well if you have a passenger has a issue with their digestive system you throw them in the bag and they'll be good for the entire rest of the flight i think it works that way too or maybe not i'm not sure more coming up on just plane radio
0: just plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle Take off with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Hey, I'm Scott Fitzgerald. You probably don't recognize me because I'm in corporate.
3: So am I. This is corporate.
2: A <laughs> little too much so, if you ask me. <laughs> I, t- I try to have fun,
1: right? I mean, you know, we're not, we're not landing planes here.
2: Our company manufactures aircraft landing
1: gear systems. Yep, uh-huh. Well, I am going to fly us over a few more drinks. I'm
5: just sitting out here
1: watching airplanes Take off and fly This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis and Tom. And now we have uh, Dean on from FlyingEyesOptics.com. They make some amazing... Uh, eyeglasses for you when you're flying, you know, sunglasses, transition lenses, anything you can imagine that you need for your eyes. Uh, com has you covered and they got some of the coolest frames you could ever imagine. They fit so perfectly under your headset. I mean, that's how Dean and the gang there at Flying Eyes Optics uh, came up with them and came up with this need to, to come up with some uh, glasses that fit well under headsets Well, you know, that applies to motorcyclists as well but it works great for aviation uh folks that are flying their planes and they they feel like you're wearing nothing i mean dennis is wearing his right now and you you probably didn't even realize it right dennis you know they're like light as a feather and they're smooth yeah feel good well, the right?
2: important thing is they don't break the seal on my light speed headsets and so i don't have this popping crackling as it loses uh the the connection you know and has to refigure out the noise canceling again they've right. been just absolutely flawless
1: there you go and you you don't want to hear all that uh, engine noise you want to just focus on what atc is saying and that uh, obviously the flying eyes optics uh glasses help in that regard Denn or uh, dean Welcome to Just Plane Radio. How you been?
4: Great. Thanks for having me on again. I I really appreciate it. Sure.
1: Now, uh you know, we could talk uh, hours about uh, the the glasses that you guys have created, but I kind of wanted to dig a little deeper into, you know, what you do, uh, you know, personally flying because that the you're a pilot, just like Dennis, uh Tom and, you know, me as an aspiring uh, would-be pilot. It, it's it's going to happen, by the way, but that's a whole nother story. But but you've flown for years. And uh, it eventually led to this business that you've uh, done as well. But I mean, how often are you flying, and what are you flying these days, Dean?
4: Well, these days, um, so I've been, a, yeah, I've been a pilot for uh, gosh more than twenty five years. I've got close to three thousand hours of time. Uh, got my license in the nineties. Bought a Skyhawk when I got my license. Moved up to a Grumman Tiger um, because I wanted to go a little bit faster, and then. Then uh, moved up from that to a Myers Two Hundred, uh, which uh, high performance complex production airplane from the nineteen sixties, um, one hundred eighty five, one hundred ninety knot cruise. Wow! With an IO five twenty or an IO five fifty engine, I've got fifteen hundred hours flying those, um, and uh, and just recently sold it because I'm buying two more airplanes. Uh, I just recently bought another Grumman Tiger um, because, well, so. Uh, Air- airplanes are all about compromises and missions, yeah and um I wasn't flying long long cross countries uh as much as I used to, so the Myers wasn't getting utilized as much as i'd like um but i'm I'd like to fly look lo- a lot locally and I need to get my multi engine rating and i have also have employees that want to learn how to fly and um and the tiger as a single single engine fixed pitch prop fixed gear. It's a great airplane to learn how to fly. It's reasonably fast, 130, 135 knots, true, nine gallons an hour. And it's uh, just a great airplane for flying, at yeah. just local fun flying and learning how to fly.
1: Well, just so I'm clear, a Grumman Tiger, I mean, yeah. is that comparable to like a Skyhawk or something? Or is it a much different airplane, Dennis? It is. It's,
2: it's like yeah, a, Grum- It's like what Piper should have built.
1: Okay. <laughs> you All know, right. it's a
2: low wing, but it's much faster, much cleaner. It's uh, one of the only uh, single-engine airplanes that you can stand up in the cockpit because it's got a sliding canopy like a fighter ah,
1: jet. Ah, <laughs> okay. Gotcha. So th- it has a bit more of a cool factor, Dean. Is that a safe way to put it, too? It still has yes. uh, some panache yep. to it. Yep. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah, And that's always impressive when you're swapping stories with your fellow pilots yeah. there at the fbo okay so you yeah. got one of those and the other aircraft yeah. is
4: what well so i need to get my multi-engine rating and i need multi-engine time i am buying a grumman cougar twin another rare production airplane from the 19 uh uh well late 70s early 80s okay. and uh they only only made 130 of them and it's um uh, uh it's a great little airplane it's a four seat uh, retract. It's got Oh three twenties, uh, engines and 160 horse each, but it cruises 160 knots. Okay, Uh, But it's a, the reason I'm getting it is it's because it's a very docile, like the tiger. It's a very docile airplane, uh, for learning how to fly. And in this case, learning how to get your multi and multi time and, uh, just a great fun, uh, different airplane. I I wanted something unusual. I, I like rare airplanes. And uh, so we're buying that. Uh, we're picking that up the first week of November.
1: How about that? So, uh, you know, Merry Christmas to Dean and the folks at Flying Eyes Optics. They're getting two new planes or new old planes. Hey, Were they hard to find if they're yeah. that rare? Or, or did you have any issue finding these aircraft or no?
4: I've been looking for both for a long time. The uh, The Tiger, actually, both of them, it, it's taken me months to find the right one. Yeah. The Tiger we got uh, needs paint interior and windows, but the airframe is solid and the avionics are solid. It's got a new Garmin GPS. Engine's in great shape. And so we'll be just upgrading it over time and putting new windows in a new paint interior over, over time and, and, and flying it.
1: I love the sound yeah. of this. Yeah. Are you an instructor yeah, too? Or are you going to be teaching your fellow uh, employees no, or you got someone else no. handling those duties for you?
4: We've got instructors. Uh, I'm not an instructor. Uh, I, I love giving people rides in airplanes, but uh, but no, I'm not an instructor. But yeah, we've got some great CFIs that will be training our team how to fly and training me how to fly a multi-engine aircraft. In fact. So the tiger we found in Florida, and I just uh, flew it back from Florida uh, a few weeks ago uh, with uh, with a one of the YouTube channels that we sponsored, Lou Dix Aviation. He and I flew it back from uh, 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 from uh, the middle of uh, Florida and had a great time doing that. And then uh, with the cougar, it, I found it. It's a very hard plane to fl- to find, right? And uh, I found that one in. Um, uh, in Pennsylvania and it's it's a it's a uh a plane that that uh Josh Flowers Aviation 101 another channel we sponsor he's going to be flying it back with us along with our flight instructor who's got their multi in it and uh, flying it back here so Josh Flowers Aviation 101 and then um, uh rebuild rescue one of the owners of uh, the channel of rebuild rescue owns the airplane it's not a rescue it's just his own personal airplane that we uh, that we got so it's going to be on uh, that airplane is going to be on Aviation 101 and Rebuild Rescue uh, how
1: about that so they're going to help you uh, restore all that stuff you said as far as the interior and all that Well, that sounds like a pretty good gig and and people will be able to follow it uh, online as well I I love this and then eventually once you get it all fixed up and flying the way you want it are you going to take it out to the shows and that's how you guys are going to travel to like Sun and Fun and and air venture next year maybe
4: yep Uh, I, I both planes will probably be there, um, and I, it, it, our employees are even talking about going to bringing the tiger to sun and fun, and, and how exciting that would be for them to to do that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's 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 in the plans.
1: Well, there you go. So, Dean at Flying Eyes Optics obviously has nothing going on. <laughs> See, I mean, gee whiz, two, not just one, two new planes they've gotten their yeah. hands on. So uh, that that's yep. a great, uh, you know, we're going to follow along uh, with that process uh, here on Just Plane Radio as well. But Dean, uh, we appreciate the update and, and encourage everybody to go get their Flying Eyes Optics uh, online yes. and pick it up. So, you, you know, when you're flying, you got to look the part as well, and they can help you <laughs> out with that at FlyingEyesOptics.com. Uh, Dean, have a great that's day. Right. Thanks for checking in, my friend.
4: Thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it. You got it.
1: And uh, on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I I see Tom's already kicking back uh, with some oil on the closed caption video. He's been drinking oil. What the heck is going on here? Uh, Actually, it's grape juice great hole oh, is that what huh. that is oh that, that that's looked like
5: a big
2: old uh, members mark bottle when I, I saw swear. you tipping that back i thought he was <laughs> tipping is,
1: back some 10w30 <laughs> that's what it looked like to me on the closed oh, caption video thinking
2: maker's mark <laughs> <laughs> that
1: could be a little oh, bit yeah, mixed I mean, in there yeah, all right mark. we'll find out what that's all about next week uh, but till then remember there's no better high than learning, learning to fly, learning. fly.